Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebels release Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me, as always, is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. So, um, I'm on my spring break. And, uh, which means that I have more time to do other things. Yeah. <laughs> more time to do more work. So. <laughs> but, uh, so what have you, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Anything new? You know, I have a feeling that this is going to be the case for a while now. So I have not turned on my Xbox in over a month. Because nothing, I mean, and I'm still paying for Game Pass, so let's, you know, let's be real, it ain't free. Um, but I haven't turned it on, and um, it's because there aren't really any exciting games coming out for Xbox. There's nothing on Game Pass that I'm interested in right now. Um, I sort of achieved what I wanted to achieve in Sims. Um, I'm not really interested in the new EA titles that are coming out, which are more sports-based, which is not my thing. So, as I'm sure you can imagine, I have just been playing Pokemon <laughs> still. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm healthy, yeah? I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a healthy person. I am walking 30 kilometers or more every single week. Um, they just had... An electric event. I've been doing that for almost two months now, so that's exciting. Um, and they had an event with all electric Pokemon, which was super fun. I caught some new ones that I'd never had before. And today there is a rain Pokemon event. So I'll go out later during raid hour, which is 6 p.m. over here, and catch some of those bad boys and do some raids. So um, do I feel bad about not turning on my Xbox? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even using it to watch um, content because I got a fire stick a couple months back when I thought my Xbox had died, but it was just the power brick that had died. And so I don't even use the Xbox to watch any content, which is very strange for me um, because the Xbox was the center of my entertainment universe. Um, I feel a little disloyal. I'm not going to lie. I might have to turn it on just to break this little streak. Um, but if you want to know where I'm at right now, that's where I'm at right now. Nice. Well, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. There's really nothing wrong with that. Um, so for me, uh, I have not been playing Pokemon, but I'm back on my own personal, uh, guilty pleasure bandwagon, which is Hearthstone. Um, so I, I've, I like the new ranking system. I talked about this last episode. Uh, the new ranking system allows you to, um, I, I feel like it, it's a little bit more, um, tangible in the way that it allows you to feel like you've actually accomplished something. Um, before 
it just seemed really daunting to get to the legendary status. I guess that's for me because I've never gotten there. And I also choose stubbornly to only play with one, uh, one type of card, one deck. So, and well, not just one deck, but one, one, uh, class. So, which is you know, mage. a lot of people will switch just between. In case anybody doesn't which follow. Is <laughs> I don't know why. Exactly. I so it's. Well, it's true. It's the it's the default uh, that you get when you first start, and I've enjoyed playing with it so much. I've never really wanted to learn the mechanics of any other class, and I'm okay with that. Completely okay with that. I've I've tried, and I do have wins with paladin decks and and hunter decks. I I have enjoyed those, uh, but. There's just something about, I don't know if it's just I'm stubbornly loyal or I just really don't want to have to learn another mechanic. And I really like the the cards that the mage decks have. I like the, the way that they play out. It's, it's really fulfilling. Some of the other decks just seem, they're very synergistic. I mean, I get my butt handed to me all the time by paladin decks and uh, some shaman decks. And there are very specific ones that, that overwhelm me depending on which uh, deck I'm playing with. So, uh, and that's noted in a lot of the, the, like the meta of the game that there are certain Paladin decks that just match up so overwhelmingly uh, well against mage that it's like, you might as well actually quit before you even, as soon as you see that you're up against the Paladin, you just go ahead and concede because, and that's, it happens a lot. There are some decks that will just concede against me because I'm a mage and they, they don't match up well, and it's just a waste of 20 minutes. You're going to lose. There's just no way to win. Um, so that's that can be frustrating, and I think that's kind of where I'm at. I enjoy it till about the middle of the month because that's about how long it takes me to get to about my peak in terms of rank. And then I'm like, oh, this is frustrating. This is frustrating. Every time I play, I, I lose. Uh, you know, because I, that's kind of where everybody's a little bit closer in, in terms of, of skill level and talent. And, and that's where they'll diversify and go to a different deck that allows them to kind of advance. And, and I don't mainly because I'm not going to spend any more money on it right now. I've already spent, you know, 50 or 60 bucks on it, uh, this month, but that's the first 50 or 60 bucks I've spent on Hearthstone in years. Honestly, I haven't spent any money on it. You know, right. so I had to catch up a little bit. I had to catch up a little bit. I had to, uh, I had to buy some, some, uh, card packs so that I could, uh, get somewhere in the mix with the meta. Uh, but fortunately, uh, the decks that I had, uh, were pretty solid to begin with. And so without having to add too many cards, I was able to jump back in. So I've been playing that a lot. Uh, but I finally got to, and I mentioned this, I think two or three episodes ago that I had downloaded an indie game on my switch called, uh, I think it's Gris or Grease, G-R-I-S. I've heard of that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an indie game. Uh, I'm sure it's on multiple platforms, but it is for sure on the switch and it's definitely in the vein of games like, uh, uh, Abzu and Journey and. Uh, which some of these you you may have heard of Journey. Abzu's like a underwater version of that. Um, but so it's one of these games where I don't think you can die. Um, it's their puzzle games. Uh, they're very atmospheric. Good music. Uh, and it's kind of like telling it. The, the games tell a story through puzzles and imagery 
and and uh, and it's kind of a experience. And I, I know that there's probably a genre name for it. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I really enjoy games like that because they're a nice change of pace from games that are uh, jump scary or you know heavily involved or in in uh, like the inner character dynamics and you're trying to pick dialogue choices. This is a game where you can just kind of log in and you can't fail. You just kind of sort out the the puzzles and continue moving, you know, and, and it's telling this story. So a little bit, I don't believe this is spoilery because I, I don't know how much of the story you really will get from this. You start out as a girl and you're in the palm of, you're in like the palm of this giant hand and you're curled up in a fetal position. And you're being held up in the sky. This is going to sound like word, word salad <laughs> and like nothing. Yeah. But it's, it's just very, uh, it's yeah. very. Or like a, like a, well, it's like a dream. You're tripping. <laughs> it was, well, it's a little bit of all of that. You know, you, so you, you wake up and that hand crumbles and you fall to the ground. Right. You, from there, you start moving forward and you can move. It's, it's a side scrolling kind of platformer puzzle game that you can't really die in. Uh, and as I was moving forward, I, i I saw that you could pick up these, like they're like stars. And so as you're running along, you pick up these stars. And as you pick up some of these stars, you, you'll reach a point on a platform where those stars will actually venture out from you and they'll fill the gaps between one space and another, and they'll create a bridge. And so you can now you can access another point, but sometimes you'll find that you can't get to a place. And that's because you need to find these stars to advance to the next section of the game. Uh, so that's one mechanic of it. The other one is, I believe you start to rediscover colors. So as you rediscover colors, it starts to fill in colors in the background of the game. So like I got to the point where I just discovered red. It's a black and white game at first. But then you pick red, or I found <laughs> oh red, God. and it starts to color the background red. And so it's really, I think I it's really, it's really a pretty cool game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just I, an, I a pretty cool change of pace. <laughs> right. No, I, I, it's definitely not one of those, it's not a game for everybody. But uh, for me, it's, it's really artsy. Uh, you know, it's a nice, to me, a nice change of pace of, playing something where uh, you feel like you're beating your head against the wall with, with Jedi Fallen Order or Control or any of any puzzle game like Inside that's an indie puzzle game and is also fun. Little Nightmares came out on PS4 uh, now, and so I could download that and play. And that's a, that's a fun game. It's another one of those side-scrolling. Actually, that's more of a three-dimensional uh, puzzle platformer, but you can die, and it's also kind of scary. So... Uh, this is a game that doesn't have any of that. Um, you know, you can't die. You can't uh, necessarily fail. And the puzzles aren't so frustratingly difficult that, you you know, you can't figure them out in a, in a reasonable time and keep the story moving forward. And so, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I played it for a few hours. I hadn't I hadn't finished it or anything. <laughs> and uh, if for context, anybody that's played it, I got to the color red. So there you go. Well, there you go. The color red. Well, there you go. So <laughs> nice. Well, that brings us to the news. Any any news of note? I have uh, a couple newses myself, um, I, but I, I saw you had some news. as well. So yeah, I got we will news. exchange news. Um, okay. So uh, in my news, 
unsurprisingly, the UK lockdown has seen the gaming industry hit a record seven billion pounds in value. Um, uh, obviously, the pound is worth more than the dollar, so that's probably something like ten million, ten billion US dollars ish. That's just a rough conversion in my head. Um, this doesn't surprise me because there was nothing else to do all year long while we were in lockdown. Pubs and restaurants and hotels and everything was shut. You couldn't travel. So gaming was one of the few entertainment media that was accessible. Now, without lockdown, right. I don't think we would have hit record numbers at all. Uh, in fact, I think we would have seen the market contract a little bit because, in my opinion, there were like no good games that came out in 2020. Um, you Not had, very many. Everything got pushed. Yeah. You had two good games come out for the PS4, which was Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Ghost of Tsushima and the second Naughty Dog title. Um, but Cyberpunk 2077 was not a resounding success um, and triggered a lot of refunds, especially in the UK where it's statutorily protected. Um, and other than <laughs> that, what else was there? You know, there, there was really nothing else going right, on. Right, so right. I think if we weren't bored at home, 2020 may have been one of the years where the gaming sector actually contracted uh, in the UK. And that would not have surprised me at all. Um, I maybe not so much in the US because uh, lockdown was intermittent in the US. Um, and I feel like there is a substantial population of people who do like esports and streaming and stuff like that, where that isn't quite as mainstream here. Um, bizarrely, the most popular streamer on the planet it resides in the UK, but uh, you know he's Swedish, so <laughs> I don't know if we can really. <laughs> like, he lives here. Is that PewDiePie? Yeah, he lives. I think in Brighton, which is in the south. Oh wow! Um, but uh, yeah, he lives on the coast in like quite a very modest house, actually. Like. Um, in the UK, you can kind of tell what type of house somebody has by like the sort of crown molding and general layout and things like that. So he's in like a terrace right. Victorian house, which I lived in one of those when I lived in North London. So they're really, really common. They're not that expensive, considering that he is one of the wealthiest people in uh, the whole YouTube content creation. He is the wealthiest, actually, not one of. He is. Yeah, right. Um, it, it is kind of fun that he is so uh humble with his finances like i think he still drives this like really old beat up car he's had for forever he's very bill gates in that respect but i don't know why i got on that it, I, I <laughs> <laughs> basically the uk the uk gaming industry hit a record high but i think that would not have happened if it wasn't for the lockdown um what right. I think will have a positive impact on gaming overall is that the top brass over at Microsoft hinted that cloud gaming for iOS and PC is coming very soon. Um, so right now you can only play the cloud games on your Android mobile phone. Um, and now you can play the Game Pass streaming games um, very soon you'll be able to play them on your Apple devices, Macs, and PCs, which I think is quite cool. Um, 
the only reason why I haven't played it on my mobile phone, even though I have the ability to, is because you need to have a controller for it. And I have not purchased one yet. They're not cheap. Um, and like, there are some that are like nine pounds. So like, I don't know, 12 or so quid, um, us dollars. And they're just like little tab buttons at the top or something like that. But I feel like if I'm going to buy a controller where my phone is essentially going to be a handheld, I kind of want it to be good. Yeah. Um, and the good ones in quotations are like 30 to 60 pounds. And that's an investment I'm not ready to make right now, especially because I know how much data the cloud gaming uses. I can't see what scenario I would feel comfortable running a couple gigs an hour through. Right. There's just not, I don't think that there's an infrastructure for that, any of that cloud gaming to make sense. It's all, it's almost as if gaming companies, well, it is as if gaming companies are on one page with things with this completely unrealistic expectation <laughs> of what's common. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the internet companies, which command base, they have all the power. I mean, the gaming companies, they would lose everything if, if internet decided to choke access or uh, which they to do to a certain extent. Um, or if, if, because they control all of the information effectively, then anything that is digital and must be streamed and anything that's DRM and anything that the, what, what everything is trying to move to, what all these gaming companies are trying to move to would be rendered uh, completely useless. You know, you're not going to be able to access cloud gaming if you don't have fast enough internet or if you can't afford that internet, which we've talked about that multiple times. That's just, it's not a utility and it should be at this yeah. point, in my opinion. I think that's a utility. Um, and uh, until that is the case and they can gouge us for as much money as possible for internet that they're still going to uh, throttle on us, mm-hmm. uh, then I don't, I just don't know how cloud gaming is, is going to work. It, 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 uh, it effectively, <laughs> had had Stadia dead in the water when it came out. There's just no way it was going to be successful. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, with with the controller issues and the internet issues, I still think we're years off from cloud gaming being even considered like the norm. We're just getting to the point where digital gaming is becoming a little bit more mainstream in terms of the not the preferred way, but kind of the way that seems to be the dom- especially with COVID and lockdowns, people having to download their games. You're still having to wait a day or two sometimes before you can even play those games. You know, yeah. at least I am. So you buy it day one. There's a patch, and all of this stuff we're going to get to in the main topic too. Those sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know we've got these. Day one patches and and uh, and and games that are so large that it and and your internet is so limited that it takes days to download it before you can even play it and uh, even then sometimes it needs uh, multiple patches to uh, you know in the case of games like Cyberpunk uh, to even play it and it be enjoyable. So, oh man, what a soapbox we've got <laughs> today. So. Yeah, Oh, yeah, we're about to. We're gonna we're gonna get into it. So, 
The next, uh, well, for me, I've got a couple pieces of news myself. One is, uh, and I got this article from uh, IGN, but I did not realize it was IG India. Uh, so it's India's uh, version of IGN. I'm sure it's their affiliate, or I'm assuming so. Uh, I will say this, though, and I linked the article. Uh, the, uh, the article has quite a few errors that I can only assume happened because uh, of the translation. So the English translation and the typing uh, or the, the order of the words, the grammar is, is pretty awful in this article. So it would almost make me think that this is potentially not true, uh, just based on the, the level of error in this. But it is on uh, IGN's website okay. so, or, the, or IGN India. Um, anyway, all that to say, PS4 clock battery within the, so the clock battery within anyone's PS4, uh, there's a hacker that goes by, well, I believe this is his real name, Lance McDonald. I don't know uh, if hackers go by their real nice names. Name. I don't know. <laughs> Lance McDonald, uh, the fire. trusted hacker. And this is, this is quoting the article, trusted hacker, Lance McDonald, <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> stated that uh, that if your PS4 clock battery dies, you will lose your ability to play any games on it. Uh, this includes disc games uh, as well as any digital files that you have on your, your PS4. So not good news, obviously. Uh, and another one of the issues that, that, we, that we run into with technology where maybe we don't completely understand or maybe they don't care. They being the you know the companies that that create these consoles because they've sold you a bill of digital goods that are only good as long as they service them anyway, um, or, or as long as your console works. Um, in in the article, it goes on to say that um, because when the when the uh, battery dies or this uh, CMOS battery dies, uh, it renders all PS4 digital files unusable without a server reconnection. And it also kills disc playback. And so without being able to fix the PSN or hack it, you won't be able to actually use your, your PlayStation. So how long does your, your uh, clock battery last? Uh, it depends. Uh, and there is, there is no timetable necessarily. But as soon as it dies, there isn't any way uh, currently to fix it. So uh, hopefully it lasts until you can transfer your files and, and everything over to maybe a PS5. I know that anecdotally, uh, they just shut down the PS3 store, so or the PS3 Vita store. So uh, getting any of those games, I don't guess they're going to be supported anymore. I don't. I don't. Know. <laughs> I mean, PlayStation so, Vita died the minute it was launched. I feel like pretty, pretty much. Um, but you know the but the PS3, PSP, and PS Vita storefronts are all shuttered. So I don't know if that means those games are shuttered on those consoles, which I, I imagine that's what it's saying. Um, but not that PS3 games that you download on your PS4 are no longer available. Uh, that is, that's not clear, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. I just think that if you tried to log on on your PS3, which I have recently actually, uh, and I realized how limited the PS3 <laughs> is, it is not going to be the, on the, in the forefront of your, your, uh, entertainment uh <laughs> in terms of of uh you know your your 
electronic equipment. It you can't even download Disney Plus or a lot of the other apps that you might use. It's not even available. That's so, so weird. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I know Netflix. You can download at least here in the states, uh, but you can't download Disney Plus or or uh, Prime, I think Prime Video you can, but not Hulu. So. I mean, um, I said it's weird, yeah, so, but actually, like, it isn't that strange for apps to be unsupported on older devices. I had a Samsung Galaxy S5 for maybe about yeah. five years, and in the last year, it was a regular occurrence that app apps would no longer update for my device. It was no longer supported, and that's when I actually um, changed phones. So actually thinking about it, it, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't mean it's good or makes sense. Because let's be honest, you could turn on a PC from, you know, 20 years ago and still access the internet in its full form. So I'm not really convinced that it's necessary for them to stop supporting things. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And, and uh I guess as we go into this next generation of consoles, it's only a matter of time for PlayStation is obsolete as well, or PlayStation four and, and Xbox uh, one. So um, my next bit of news, and I think this is a, a brighter spot uh, to, uh, to end the news on and go into a really depressing topic is it's a good uh, topic. It's, the not fact depressing. That <laughs> it's a good topic uh, is, is how steam is actually allowing people that don't have steam accounts to remote play together. So if you have, uh, there are, it says thousands of games. I don't know the exhaustive list and we don't have time to list them all now anyway, but games like cuphead, um, are, are available for this. So if you own cuphead or overcooked or enter the gungeon spelunky, a lot of the Legos games that, that allow co-op, uh, then you will be able to actually do right. a, or play it almost cross platform, but the other person doesn't even have to have the platform or a platform. You can invite them to play. So as long as you have the game on steam, you can invite someone else to play and they can play with you even if they don't have a steam account. So, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. They don't have to own the game. They don't have to, uh, even have a steam account, uh, logged in. Um, but, uh, you can, you can do that with anyone that you'd like, and that's pretty cool. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> the article says, how very Nintendo of you um, to do that. And that's, that's a, you know, I think that's kind of a cool thing that's to allow people to play, especially in this day, uh, you know, where, where people are locked up in their houses and, and cooped up. And co-op is really one of the best ways to experience some of these games. I mean, it's, it's so much fun. And some of these games really are only I don't I wouldn't say playable but they are so much more enjoyable. They're okay uh in a single player like Overcooked is okay as a single player game. It's so much fun and extremely frustrating to play with somebody else. More fun. Um I have I have laughed really hard at at Overcooked playing with my family. <laughs> uh it, it's not really a competition, it's a co-op cooperative game and so that can be frustrating, uh, but to me, I'm not necessarily in there to, to beat the game. It's so much more fun to watch somebody fumble around in the kitchen and try to uh, try to hurry up and do stuff, and uh, that just keeps it fun to me um, without taking it too seriously. So, 
Anyway, that's cool. That's good. That's good. It's linked in the uh, in the article as well. So if you want to check that out and check out what games are actually available, you can see that uh, or check it out in the uh, in the article. So, all right. Well, that brings us to our main topic today. Woo. And uh, yeah, woo. So, what's the first digital thing that we've bought? Uh, you know, or that you've bought and and uh, digital property in general. What does it mean? And how long have these gaming companies and these companies that sell digital goods been just selling us a bill of nothing? Well, we're <laughs> going to talk about it. It's a it's a meaty topic. It is a meaty topic. There's a lot. So lately, uh, there you know uh, we we talk about Jim Sterling, Jim Stephanie Sterling, uh, often on this show. And, uh, and, and I don't always necessarily agree with him, but generally I do feel like he's got really good points. And, uh, this is a situation where lately he, he, uh, was really getting after a couple companies for basically selling nothing. Uh, you know, Anthem, he did a show on and, and we've talked about Anthem and you enjoyed it for what it was. Hmm. Um, but it definitely wasn't the first game uh to come out and basically have little to no content and then uh really try to kind of patch in content as they went along so so yeah we're going to get into that we're going to talk about this why this trend is really worrisome uh or if it is and and what can be done about it so what's your what are your 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 initial thoughts on on this topic and and maybe a little bit of background and then we can talk about some of our first digital purchases Okay, so um, maybe some background first on what a non-fungible token is and why we've started talking about this. Um, right, so right. A non-fungible token is essentially a random generated non-duplicatable um, series of numbers and letters that's essentially a receipt of for purchasing some digital good online. Um, people have been generating these tokens and then saying that it entitles the bearer of the token to any number of digital IP. The most famous example and the most recent one and the one that sort of started this conversation was that the creator of Twitter sold a non-fungible token um, of his very first tweet. Okay, so right. unlike other ways that you may purchase things, a non-fungible token is a completely digital transaction. So the guy doesn't even print the tweet out and send it to you in the post. You get nothing right. to show that you own this. And in a lot of effects, it doesn't really mean that you own it in so much as you can't really prevent people from looking at it, uh, taking a screenshot of the first tweet, um, making art and painting a picture of the first tweet. You just own the fact that you just own a sequence of numbers and letters that say that you now have the rights to the first tweet. But it's subject to the same sort of fair use that everything else is. Um, and you would have to go after people for infringement of your personal property. Um, so all of the responsibilities on you for something that you don't really own, that's not tangible. 
A hundred percent. And I think that sold for two million. Um, right. There has been a non-fungible token that sold for sixty-nine million U.S. dollars. I don't know exactly what yeah. it was. Um, do you, Do you know which thing that was? I don't. Let's. I can. We can do some research while you're talking about it. I I believe it was like a collage of artwork. Um, but I'm not super certain. But the reason why it connects into gaming and what Jim Stephanie Sterling was talking about um, is that the controversy created non fungible token. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> Beeple sold a non fungible token. For sixty nine million. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, continue, and then I'll 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 get some background on this. Okay. Um, so the reason why it connects to gaming is a game developer has recently come in under fire for selling non fungible tokens of artwork, concept art that was commissioned for the game, and the artist who he commissioned the artwork from said that that's not the intended purpose. Like it was supposed to be put into the game, not sold as some standalone NFT, um, and that they don't want to be associated with non-fungible tokens. They think they're a scam to a certain extent. Um, they're looking into their recourse, whether or not there's anything they can do as artists to say that that is not the licensing agreement that they had in place of use of their work. He's not allowed to resell it in this way. Um, and it's sort of a bit of a shame that you would do something that an artist you collaborated with several decades ago is just really fundamentally against. So that sort of caused a right. lot of controversy in the gaming industry. And that's what got us thinking about all the times that we have been forced to purchase digital goods, even though we may be fundamentally against the concept. Um, you know, right. what the sort of things that we purchase for, you know, are we going to have a choice in this in the future? Is this just the direction that everything is going? And then um, should we be lowering our expectations or should we insist that the price that we pay goes down when we actually get less stuff for our money? So that's sort of what I wanted to explore today. But the background of non-fungible tokens is that people are now making millions of dollars selling not real things, um, which is what game developers have been doing from the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So a little bit uh, on that uh, American token that was that was sold. So uh, or that art token. Mike Winkleman, who's also known as Beeple, as a digital digital artist, uh, had had only ever sold prints for about a hundred bucks until October. And in October, he sold an NFT or non fungible token for sixty nine million. Um, and uh, actually, uh, this came months after uh, multiple really valuable uh, auctions where Winkleman actually sold a series pair of uh, non-fungible tokens for 66 million each. Uh, and so ultimately, as, as, as Amanda, you were saying, uh, these are basically files, digital files that live on a blockchain, uh, which is how they are able to like verify ownership of a digital work of art. But, but again, it's digital. This is ones and zeros. Yeah. And 
if if it ever unplugged, it would be no more, right? Yeah. Like yeah. anything, and again, you're not you're not we're not planning for you know the apocalypse, but it really isn't anything, right? I mean, it's I not it, anything it, at all. It, like if someone else saw your non fungible token, which is just a collection of ones and zeros, they wouldn't know what it's for. <laughs> Which right, I think right. is what I find so ridiculous about it. Like, listen, buying digital goods maybe isn't the best thing ever, but at least when I used to buy a mount in World of Warcraft and I told people I bought a mount in World of Warcraft, they could see I was flying around on a dragon. Do you know? Like That's right. It was That's at right. least obvious what I had bought. <laughs> right. And when you show someone the tweet you own, they're like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, anybody that I know, that would be like that, you know. I'm more worried about, like, what my tweet is going to prevent me from being able to do in the future, not how, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to sell it or or someone else actually owning something like that. It's it's like um, it's like trademarking speech or but not even not even like that, because at least trademarking speech is something where I might have to interact with that on a daily basis. I wouldn't know Winkleman if I saw this person in a lineup or their digital goods. Is, or, is or, it one of the? Know, or, oh no, that's Winklevoss actually. That's I was yeah, Winklevoss. Yeah, the um, Facebook twins, but it isn't. It's uh, it's somebody else. I is it not the greatest rack, racket in the history of ever? Uh, well, is, is kind of the next question, but it's a pretty good racket. So. Uh, so that being said, and, and, uh, <laughs> addressing the fact that this is, this is, I'm hoping that maybe we get to this point through it, through this conversation, or is this the future or not? Uh, hopefully, uh, we, we get to something like that, but, uh, just to kind of switch gears in the same vein, what are some of the first digital goods that you bought? Like, can you remember the first thing that you ever bought that was digital? I think it was um, gold in City of Heroes, like currency in City of Heroes. I think that was the first thing that I ever bought in a game. Was there any backlash? Like, did you buy something or buy the gold and then uh, something negative happened? It wasn't really the done thing, was it? You know? Like, at the time, it wasn't very popular to purchase gold. So I don't think I told anyone when I had done it. (laughs) <laughs> you know because it really right. wasn't it, it really wasn't popular you know right no i and and it, it was kind of frowned upon in every game that i've ever played uh warcraft was the was the first time i ever did anything like that itunes is probably the first digital good i ever bought um but uh i'd say in warcraft was probably the first time i bought like anything uh, like gold on in a game, anything that might have been seen as eh, frowned upon ethically uh, because everybody else is earning their gold and I was buying it because I don't know how these people are earning their gold. <laughs> it was almost, it's because they farm and I don't, yeah. but basically there was, there's a whole economy of, of Chinese world of Warcraft players that were farming gold. Uh, and you would buy gold from them, but this was before authenticators in World of Warcraft, and uh, I absolutely got hacked oh, <laughs> almost oh, immediately. No. Almost immediately when I bought gold the first time, I uh, I got hacked, and I think I bought gold one other time, and then I never did it again. Um, 
or my brother may have bought gold on my account or something like that. I know it happened twice and I got hacked both times. That's so crazy. So, I never uh, did. Yeah. How weird. Well, it's probably wasn't quite, it, it wasn't as nefarious, you know, because what you would get in chat was always like this advertisement for, it was spam in the, as a whisper. So somebody would whisper me spam, uh, gold, whatever. And, and you go to this and you get gold. And as a, you know, someone who did, probably didn't understand the big picture, I would go in and, and, oh yeah, I really need gold. And a hundred gold at the time or a thousand gold was huge. Now there are people that can, you know, farm 3 million gold and buy, you know, uh, the, what they call the long boy, which is like this giant dinosaur. That's also an auction house. And, uh, you know, and they were very rare, obviously, because 3 million gold to me is ludicrous. Um, but you know, with inflation and everything else, what was fascinating in that game as an aside is it was studied. The economy was studied by economists in World of Warcraft, like the auction houses and how it would regulate itself. Uh, it, it almost was to the point where the gold in game had real world value, like some yeah, sort of pre coin, you know? Yeah. It, it had its own yeah. relative economy. You could buy and sell accounts and you could buy and sell gold. You could sell characters like they, they had aftermarket right. value. I remember lots of people selling things on Craigslist. In fact, I sold an account on Craigslist. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. Of course I did. Let's Well, that's, lie. I mean, of course you did. Yeah. So, but, uh, but I mean, I think that's, so that, that shows you that there, uh, there obviously is a, and I, I've thought about this from a philosophical standpoint, like the value of a digital good, like, or, or, or ownership in general, you know, philosophically, where do you stand on this? You know, cause we've gone back and forth on this and we've talked about digital goods many, many times on this show. Um, I'm, I'm definitely, I drag my feet. I am not, uh, I am not someone who totally embraces digital goods. In fact, I reluctantly embrace, I reluctantly share the space with digital goods. I don't embrace it. I don't want my arm around digital goods. I don't like it because it's 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 not even there. Mm. You know, it's not real. And and uh, you know, from my digital music and my experience recently with how Google uh, and Google Play and and their whole YouTube music had switched over, I got a really bad taste in my mouth. Mm. So uh, so what are, what's what are your thoughts now? Do you have you changed your stance really on digital only goods and? Is it is this whole trend worrisome to you? Well, actually, I think for the first time, I am worried. I never really had a problem with digital goods as long as you get a good, you know, as long as you have something that people understand has value. Now, granted, no, right. other people outside of the community may not think it has any value. I'm sure people who don't play World of Warcraft don't really care how many mounts I bought or earned or whatever. Like, you know, that has no value to them personally, but at least you get a product. You get something that you can see, enjoy other people can see, you know, like the value is more or less clear. What I don't agree right. with and what I don't understand at all is the concept of just getting 
a snippet of code and that code somehow representing a thing that you don't right. get. I, that makes no sense to me. It's almost like purchasing a badge for a mount that you never get to ride. It just right. it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that is actually quite concerning because, um, you know, what if that is actually something the game developers start to sell us? Like, are they just going to straight up sell us max level characters? You know, are they going to just right, straight up right. sell us uh, veteran badges? You know, like things that should represent an actual good that you have, but instead you just get the end result, you know, something unrelated, right. something representative. I don't know. Like that, <laughs> that to me is quite worrisome because, um, it's something I probably would buy and regret. Like if you had the option to just right. straight up buy a max level character and start the game out, like just smash, I probably would do it. And then I would have a terrible time. Um, kind of like when, yeah. when that guy was uh, duping weapons in Diablo three and gave me a weapon that just one shots everything. And within two right. weeks, I wasn't playing the game anymore. Because there was yeah. no, there was nothing to do that was a challenge any longer. It's it's almost like uh, there's there are many uh, parables and fables and and lessons to be learned that are old adages that we probably could just go back and draw from to teach us the lesson that we're we're probably learning here today. That you know nothing's. You know, nothing worth doing is easy, or or any of these other uh, okay, you know old dad. adages. <laughs> well, oh, well, I, I know it, but what I'm saying is, you know, there is something of value in the experience, and that's kind of the point. And mm. uh, but but I think that we have seen over the last, I would say, well, since since people have ever sold something that snake oil or some version of 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 that in its respective area it has been sold so people are always trying to sell a bill of goods whether it's worth it or or it's a value or not and sometimes knowingly selling you something that is nothing right that that is not helpful but telling you that it is or really isn't all that interesting or useful but they tell you that it is and that you should think so mm. and you know as much as I've, I've i've read a lot of books philosophy books and books on psychology and 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 this idea that we can be uh we can be hijacked like our psychology can be hijacked it is literally marketing is the science of hijacking your psychology what are you trying it to is. say about me That's huh <laughs> I'm saying that marketing and marketers are really good at tricking you into thinking that you want something. That's um, damn right. And they know. I know there. It is a science. You guys know it. You you know what to say, how to package it to make someone want something that they absolutely don't need. That's the point, right? That's the point of marketing. And, and, uh, you know, and the best ones are able to sell, you know, ice to people who live on a glacier. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's, that's, the, that's the whole idea of it. 
And, and, uh, you know, and this is just a, another example of that is, is I'm going to trick somebody. I mean, I think it's fascinating if you sit back and look, even if it's a bit depressing as well to sit back and look and say, that guy just sold me a digital skin. Like basically, I mean, I, now my, my chainsaw machine gun is pink instead of, you know, drab gray and black. And I paid $15 for that because now I have a pink machine gun, chainsaw machine gun that no one else has. Uh, and I was the first one to have it. And yeah. because of that, and, you know, and, 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 and when I'm done with all this, I've spent that money. And if I got some enjoyment of it from a, mm. you know, philosophical, metaphysical, whatever you would, you know, if, if I got some enjoyment out of it, was it worth it? It's like, it's like comic books or, or uh, only again, comic books are tangible. Mm. Um, See, I think it's only worth what way, somebody will pay for. That's what I think. That's the way that digital goods is going to go is absolute scarcity. So paying right. a hefty premium for, let's say there are only 10 legendary chainsaw skins yeah, and guaranteed none of the 10 are going to be the same. Like, what would you pay for that? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if you could choose, like, okay, they're going to be blue-based, yeah, but they're going to be 10 completely different ones, blue, what would you pay for that? To know that no one else in the game can have this thing that you have. I do think there is a market for that. It's just that, are we going to get ripped off? Because that is actually right. something that I would buy. Right. Well, and, and I, th even though I think there's, it, there's something nefarious about it, I think that Fortnite was on the right track, at least at one point, in how they would reward players that continued to come back. The problem is, again, and this is the marketing and this is the, 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 the drip feed dopamine uh, fix that, that games can give you when it's something that you have to come back and do almost as work, but they would reward you through in-game play with things that other people who hadn't invested the time uh, didn't have, right? You didn't have to spend the money, although you could spend money to advance that a little bit faster, which I don't agree with. Um, but I also don't agree with an unnecessary and, and uh, miserable grind to get to the same place. Mm. You know, it's just not any fun dailies that are just not fun to do. It's not fun to go back in the world, but I have to do this. And that's the addiction that dopamine. I mean, that, 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 uh, that, that fix that you get, because I feel like I've accomplished something, even if it's because I'm in this, I'm on the hamster wheel and, and that, that shouldn't be how games are. Uh, it's why I was such a big fan of CD project red before this whole, uh, cyberpunk mess. Um, they seem to do things, uh, whatever the right way is, uh, with, with gamers in mind, with the consumer in mind, mm. uh, and not just because it was the default. I mean, we could, <laughs> we could go on and on about, uh, Bobby Kotick and, and Blizzard and Activision giving himself a $200 million bonus. What? You don't think he deserves that? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's no one. 
no one has kept the bottom line as 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 uh, juicy as juicy as Bobby Kotick with uh, while also cutting payroll uh, and uh, you know destroying lives. Nobody has, and so I guess if that's how you measure it, he absolutely deserves uh, that. Even though even even the 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 shareholders were a little like that's, <laughs> mm, I, don't I don't i think that's a that's a bit much you know and uh and so even if other greedy people are like dude that's pretty greedy uh that's i mean that should tell you something but i mean if you're just a soulless person like he is then uh <laughs> you, know. you probably don't care i mean how could you not be <laughs> apparently apparently doesn't care you know so what can we do? You know, what what can we do? In your opinion, what do you think we can do besides mock the people that buy non-fungible tokens uh, mercilessly? Well, look, I think that um, we need to vote with our wallets. Like, I'm not saying that having totally unique um, gear or weapons isn't something that wouldn't appeal to me because it 100% would. And I don't know why, and it probably makes no sense, but maybe there's a streak of collector in me who just wants to be a special snowflake. But if it starts getting ridiculous, if it starts getting out of hand, if it starts costing as much as parts of the game in order to get these shiny looking tokens, um, it probably isn't worth it. And I think at that point we need to say it's not worth it and complain and, you know, review bomb if, if that's what you like to do. Uh, but do I think it's necessarily a bad idea if the idea of a totally unique digital good comes to gaming? No. And I think this is where I differ maybe with Jim, Stephanie Sterling is that yeah. I think that's something people want. I think people like the idea of being unique, but it's just, right. I'm not going to pay 69 million for it. I'll tell you that right now. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not no, even going to pay a hundred dollars for it. You know, if it was a few bucks, yeah, I probably would, you know? Right. And, and and I think that's I think it comes down to education. I think it comes down to uh, you know speaking with your wallet, like you said. Uh, I I think that it's completely understandable to want to stand out. I think that a way of expressing ourselves is kind of fundamental to a lot of people's experience, and I wouldn't fault anybody for wanting to do that. Um, I do think that there's a level of personal responsibility, but when you're talking about a lot of the uh, the the you know direct focus on you know children and 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 that's how a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the problems with some of the the direct marketing from like Fortnite and and some of these other games where uh you know skins and being your you know uh the sports games where you know you can buy the card packs and it'll make the player who was already programmed into the game actually better so that when you play somebody else you actually have the same players but your players are better because you spent the money on the cards that made your right. it's like what what you know it's <laughs> so um so it's a you know a pay to win strategy in a game that and and i think that's there's something disgusting about that to me and so 
uh, and 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 so that's where to me the education comes into play is is parents needing to be a little bit more involved in in telling you know teaching kids about stuff like that and um, how uh, I don't know that how to discern you know really between uh, you know why this is potentially not good in moderation and all this other stuff and so uh, <laughs> as Dad gamer, I'm not. I'm. How can I be retro rebel and also dad gamer? But um, but it's. I'm just very familiar with all this stuff, and so to me, it pisses me off when I see it. But I can. I could definitely understand when I when I when a kid's like I I want that because that's cool and that's that looks good and it's but and not really understand the the you know the big picture on everything and and that. That it really is a one and you know it's ones and zeros and and yeah. any time they wanted to pull the plug on the servers, well, your all of your Fortnite stuff is useless. All you can do oh, is yeah. Listen, turn on the game. When City of Heroes, they when they took the servers down, I lost like three thousand dollars worth of stuff that I'll never see again. You and know? you'll never see it again, you know. And and is that worth it to you, or would you rather have a basketball? Instead of spending twenty bucks on on the next game pass, you know, and and uh, and I I say that for my son, mm. you know, would you rather have a you know this or would you have that we can go play with all the time, anytime, or would you rather have you know that where you have to be tethered to the machine, and if at any point that becomes a brick or they pull the plug on the on the servers, then you don't have it anymore, you know. So, mm. uh, so I'm just. I'm a I I still to this day, even though we talked about it, I don't read terms of use or terms of agreement. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I still don't do not it in your favor. That's that's the easy. I way. I assume the worst. I assume <laughs> the worst, and and any time I can take and pull the information or the the good the digital goods from whatever I've just downloaded it on and put it on something that I do own, mm -hmm. I feel better. You know, it's like, at least I kind of have that, that I have the file, um, but that's just a step above. I really, and so that's, I think that's the, to me, the, the take home, at, at least the way that I'm going to apply it is, is I'm, I'm, I'm definitely 100% on board with, with, uh, with the, with the actual tangible goods. I want a hard copy if it's at all possible. Uh, I, I plan on speaking with my wallets, uh, much more going forward for, for the rest of my life as much as I can. <laughs> uh, I have, I have audio books that I have bought a hard copy of the book because I enjoyed the audio book so much that, um, and I've even gone and bought books, uh, hard copies of books because I couldn't stand the acting or the voiceover in the audio book. I'm like, man, I can't read it this way. I like the book. I can't read it this way or listen to it. I've got to go read it myself. Right. You know? And, and, uh, and you know, I can always go back to it immediately. I can flip to the page. There's just something to be appreciated, uh, about the, the hard copy of something and being able to see it, even if it's just on your shelf, it's like, I, I own that. I, it makes me sad for digital goods like, uh, comic books or baseball cards, uh, you know, that, that you can't actually, if, if at any point they wanted to make as many of those as possible, they can, right. They, they can just do that with a push of a button. Yeah. Um, if I have the first appearance of Spider-Man, the second printing, that is 
so specific and tangible that, you know, it's, it's so much easier for me to put a value on that. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's, I, it's, it's just a, from a philosophical perspective, this is a, it's a tough topic that I think, uh, is not going away anytime soon. And, uh, should be at the forefront of any consumer's mind going forward. Cause depending on the direction and how much people really invest in it and all the movies going to streaming services and not to DVD and Blu-ray and all the computers that don't come with even disc drives anymore. <laughs> um, it's going to be harder and harder to have tangible goods and to own anything. Just yeah, something to think about. I told you it was not going to be depressing. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm down for it. Just don't make it super expensive. And you're like, it's going to burn down society. That's right. That's Go right. For snappers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you all have a nice day. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Rate us, please! Until the next time. See you later. 